on uh, this new sermon series entitled Our Father, and I'm uh, just glad to be able to be here. I'm glad that you guys were able to be here, and I'm glad that my electric finally came back on at 1 o'clock last night because there was no way I was going to be able to sleep without uh, the air conditioner and Frasier, the combination of the two. I have to have those to sleep. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, there we go. She knows what I'm talking about. I'm addicted to uh, a show called Frasier, and uh, I just, uh, it's weird. It's a weird, it's an older show, and it's more witty, and it's just, it's a, has anybody ever seen it in here, Frasier? I'm addicted to that. I don't know why, but I have to have it to sleep. Isn't that weird? It's odd. But anyway, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to be here today with you guys, and uh, I'm so excited. I'm just going to jump right in. Um, I'm not sure exactly how long this will take. I did study for this for about three weeks, and Pastor Ben told me about three weeks ago, he said, hey, you're going to be doing this next sermon series coming up. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I'm super excited, like always, you know, no, but, uh, and so he gave me three weeks, but that was the thing, he gave me three weeks. So three weeks, I've been studying and studying and studying, and you'd think that I would study, like, each week, but no, I'd spent all my time on week one. So now I've got to go back and do week two and three and four now. But I've spent all my time on week one, and so I'm going to try to chain back this in. Um, we're going to be talking about um, the Lord's Prayer, which uh, are titled Our Father. So we're going to be taking principles from the Lord's Prayer that Jesus was teaching his disciples, and we're going to learn how to have a more well-rounded prayer life ourselves. Because um, sometimes our prayer life kind of takes a back seat to um, everything else that goes on in our busy lives. And so we're going to be focusing on putting our prayer life front and center and having a better, well-rounded prayer life. And so we'll jump right into that. But before we get to the, um, the scripture, I do like to do kind of like a backstory to kind of see where we've come from, why we're at the point and place that we're at. You know, it kind of helps you get the who, the why, the when, the where, and all that stuff um, if you're trying to kind of taking the, uh, the context of the scripture. So anytime I, I read, I like to go back a few chapters, read those up to that scripture, see what they're talking about, where they've come from, where they've been, and just kind of, you know, it helps me fill out and helps me study. So I, I look back and I've seen um, three chapters previous to this. Jesus had just now had been baptized. You guys know that. And, and so it's really cool because we've got baptism coming up here next week. And so... Um, he was baptized by John the Baptist. He comes up, and God's Spirit comes down. You know, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. And then immediately after that, he fasts for like 40 days, 40 nights, for a long time. And then he goes into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. So if you can imagine being super hungry and just starving to death, and then going into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, I mean, that's just, you know, I'm not to be tempted when I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I can't imagine how he dealt with it, but he did it very well and he came through that and he after he got out of the wilderness he was just rip-roaring ready to go and I and anytime we've ever went through anything in our lives such as a trial or a temptation or anything like that anytime you've ever come through didn't you just feel great you're like ready to go and I remember well it's like Friday I got off work at five and I've been doing this couch to 5k app has anybody ever heard of couch to 5k I've been doing it and uh, what it is is it's high-intensity interval training, it's, uh, and so you go in intervals. So I've seen myself go from not being able to run for 60 seconds straight to being able to run for five minutes straight. And uh, so Friday I get off work, and I'm like, I'm going to go take a run. And I knew I had to go be at band practice with Don and Greg. 
And I was like, I'm just going to go towards the church. And I told Al when I got home, I said, hey, I'm just going to start off towards the church on the tracks. I was like, if I finish my workout and I'm getting close, I'm just going to finish out and walk all the way to Kentucky Heights. And she was like, uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, you'll get a phone call. It'll either be me, my legs gave out, and I'm on the side of the tracks. So I need you to come pick me up. Or I made it, I need you to bring me my guitar because I'm not carrying it down the tracks <laughs> like a drifter, okay? So I'm already going to be walking down it. So I, was, I started off, I was going down the tracks. And, you know, it was great at first because people ride their four-wheelers down the tracks all the time. So there's paths. Well, I got to a certain spot in the tracks, and it turned out to be the whole rest of the, the way to Kentucky Heights. But there was just, there was no path. So there was these big jagged rocks. And every time I'd take a step, my ankle would twist. And, like, so I'm like like crazy legs walking down the tracks. <laughs> and I'm running and I'm finishing out this, I finally finish out my five minute run and I get going and then I have to go for a three minute run and then I have to go for another five minute run. It's just uh, intervals. So when I finished that last five minute run, man, I was out there by myself on the tracks and I was like, woo, you know, like, and I was just laughing like a crazy person. I don't know, I don't know that I got um, like, there's a thing called runner's high. Has anybody ever heard of the runner's high? It happens when a runner finishes a marathon. There's so much endorphins that are set off in his brain that it actually makes him high. And I was like, well, I didn't run a marathon, but maybe this uh, railroad dust got in my lungs and I'm kind of loopy from it. But I just started laughing. I was so excited. I was ready to go. And after I finished my workout, I'm like, I am going to Kentucky Heights. I ended up walking the whole way. So I imagine when Jesus came out of the wilderness and he went through that temptation, he went through all that struggle, he was ready to go. So he comes right out of the gate. He starts preaching to all these people, starts healing every single kind of disease out there. He starts just laying hands on people. And I mean, they don't have to lay hands on people. He's Jesus. He can do whatever he wants, you know. And so he just, he's healing the paralytic, the epileptic, the possessed, every, every disease. The Bible says every disease. And so he's just healing all these people. So naturally... When you start to heal a lot of people, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get more people following you. So he has like multitudes, multitudes of people coming around him, following him everywhere he goes. And uh, anytime you get a lot of people following you around, I, I mean, just imagine, I'm just trying to put myself in his shoes for a second to see how he would actually feel. I would want to kind of get away. <laughs> you know, like there's so many people all the time. I love you, but I just need to kind of take a vacation, if only for a few minutes get out of there. If you have kids, you probably know what I'm talking about. You kind of just, okay, go to grandma. All right, go to grandma's for the weekend or something like that. And so he takes and he retreats. And when he retreats, he goes up on this mountain. And while he's up there, he's praying. And this is where we're at right now in scripture. So we're going to go ahead and read where we are now. Um, it's Matthew 6, 5 through 9. If you guys will stand with me as we read. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray... Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, 
May your name be kept holy. Father God, thank you for this time that you've given us to come together as a church, God. You are so awesome, and I'm just so excited that you are my God, and that I get to serve you, and I get to just be this person on earth here that you can just tell to go do things, and I can do that for you. I'm just so in awe of you, and I thank you so much. You are so awesome. God, I ask for your help today as I bring the sermon that you've prepared for me. I ask that it's no longer me who speaks, Father, but you who speaks through me. I ask that you impact these many people, touch their hearts and their minds. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So all that to get to that point to where he is in, he's up on the mount. And I like also, um, if you go to Luke 11, and you read the Lord's Prayer from there, it's really neat. It's kind of like a different little take on it. What happens is he finishes praying in Luke, and his disciples see him, and they're like, okay, we've been praying, but we haven't been, been praying like that. Can you teach us how to pray like that? We want to be able to talk to God like what you just did. Because they were taught to pray, I mean, from the time they were kids. It's just how it was, and then they were with Jesus, but they had just now heard him pray, and they were like, all right, enough with this. Teach us, please, how to pray like you just prayed. And it was pretty cool. I remember the first time I'd ever came to Bethesda. Um, I wasn't the youth pastor yet, but I'd just met Ben and Leslie, and, and my friend was coming here at the time, and I was just so excited that he was coming to church. He invited me, and I was like, okay, I'll come with you. So I came, and I sat about where Missy may be sitting right now. And, uh, and of course, Ben being who he is, Pastor B, he, uh, he seen me, didn't know me that well. And he said, uh, he knew I had church background, so he said, can, can you finish this out in prayer, Dusty? So naturally, I get really nervous. And I was like, man. But, you know, but then the, the prayer just came through me, and, I, and I, just, I said it, and I did okay, I guess. And my friend leans over to him, and he's like, man. Did you rehearse that before you came, or or what was that? You know, and I was like, no, I didn't. It was just off the top of my head. And then we were all shaking hands at the end. And Ernie came up to me and said, "Where'd you go? Prayer school? Like, <laughs> like I went to some type of prayer school or something?" And they were just being nice. But it was cool to be, you know, hey, how'd you pray like that? And also in the youth group, there was one kid in particular I remember. He told me that he had never prayed before in his entire life. Like he just didn't know how to do it. So he had never prayed, and he was probably 16. He was 16 years old, and he had never prayed because he just didn't know how. He wasn't raised in a family. He was a foster kid. He wasn't raised in a family that knew how to pray, and just he just never prayed. He said, because I just don't know what to do. And he heard me pray, and he's like, man, you pray like a boss. He's like, I want to be able to pray like you. That's, a, that's his words exactly. You're a boss. Don't forget that. No, I'm not trying to build myself up like I'm a great prayer because I'm not. But what I'm saying is, is Jesus, in the same situation, I can kind of relate because he had just prayed and people wanted to know how to pray like that. And so I get the opportunity to teach a lot of youth in the youth group who have never prayed before. And I get to teach them how to pray. And I, and I do these kind of sermon series often because a lot of them just say, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to begin. I don't know what to do. And, and so it's really cool that you can turn to us passage in the Bible that just literally says pray like this you know so I don't think you're supposed to say the Lord's Prayer every single time that you pray I don't think that's what he meant I don't think you know you don't have to every single time you sit down our Father in heaven hallowed be your name you know I don't think you have to do that I think he's given us an outline for how our prayer life should really be 
and it's really cool. But first thing I want to talk about is what is prayer and why is it important? Our prayer is our conveying of a message to God. We convey our messages to God through either our thought, we can think of a prayer, or we can out loud say the prayer. Um, in Romans, it says that sometimes we have groanings so deep that we don't even know what to pray, and so Jesus will know what we need just out of our groanings, so we can convey a message that way as well, and he'll intercede for us to the Father. And so there's so many different ways, but our prayer life in the beginning is just conveying a message. What is our message to God? A lot of times that message ends up being, you know, kind of like a, a genie in the bottle type deal where we are just constantly rub the bottle, see the genie come out, uh, here's my request, get back in the bottle, go about my life. And I, unfortunately that does happen a lot because we do have busy lives. I know uh, I was talking to a guy at Goodwill bookstores. I go there all the time because they have really cheap books and they have a great Christian section if you guys ever go downtown Portsmouth. But um, I'm not trying to plug them or anything. I'm not getting a discount for that. But, you know, what, I may. I know I am. No. <laughs> but um, I go there all the time. This guy's name is Mike, and he was telling me, hey, I worked at the Vanceburg store down in, at the Goodwill store here, you know, in Vanceburg. He said, man, everything moves slower in Vanceburg. He's like, everything's kind of like, he did like some kind of slow motion noise. He wasn't very good at it, but he was like, it sounded like a zombie or something. But I was like, no, it's not really that slow. <laughs> and I was like, you want to see slow, go to South Shore, you know, because that's where it's slow. But um, but everything, even here um, in Vanceburg, where everything is slower, everything is kind of, you know, everybody's moving at their own little pace. You know, you go to the city, it's a lot quicker. But even here, our lives are still really busy. We still have tons of things that we have to get done in a short amount of time. And everybody's moving around, doing all kinds of different things. Like this weekend, I had so many things to prepare for and get ready. And it's just, I felt like I was just on a, on a roller coaster all weekend. And literally, I kind of was on a roller coaster yesterday. But um, so even when we are the busiest, our prayer life should not take a back seat. It should be our first and foremost, just being able to communicate and convey our messages to God and allow him to do changing works. And that's why prayer is so important, because prayer can literally change everything. It can take something that is not ever going to work, and you can pray, and you can just ask God to change that, and he, will, he can do that. And it is literally that powerful. And for us to put that in the back seat, that's a no-no. We cannot allow that to happen. So um, I have some examples here. Prayer brings healing to the sick. That's James 5.15. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. Prayer brings healing to our land. Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, I will hear from them. I will forgive their sin. I will restore their land. Restore their land. I'll bring healing to their land. It gives protection, not protection, protection. 2 Thessalonians 3, 2 through 3, pray to that, pray to, sorry, pray to that we will be rescued from wicked and evil, for not everyone is a believer, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you, and he will protect you from the evil one. He will protect you. It brings protection. It brings forgiveness. Also, in James 5, 15, where he says that if you uh, offered in faith, he will forgive your sin, and in Second Chronicles 7.14, he says that he will uh, forgive their sin and restore their land. So it also gives forgiveness just through by asking, you know, God, forgive me for my sin. So prayer can change so many things. And I actually read an article this week um, by uh, 
I think it was Rick Warren, I believe. But he was talking about how um, in a lot of situations what we do, we'll be meeting someone. And sometimes we'll, we all have that person in our life that we just can't get along with, that person that just rubs you wrong. And a lot of times what we'll do is we'll continuously ask God to change them, change them, change them. <laughs> you know, like do something to them. But usually what we need to do is be checking ourselves and praying, God, hey, is there something that's wrong with me? You know, let me change and then allow my change to change him. So, I mean, there's different ways we can go about it. But prayer is so important because you can, it can change everything through Jesus' name. It can change everything. It's really awesome. So let's talk about modeling Christ's words in our prayer life. Jesus, right out of the gate, when he said pray like this, he said, call him Father. Say, our Father. He likes to be called Father. And I think that's just an awesome thing that we have a God who wants to be called our Father. God doesn't want to be the distant genie in the bottle, you know, rub the bottle. He don't want to be that. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us so that, because he's our Father, he wants to have a relationship just like Brandon would have with Brantley. He wants to have that same kind of bond that Amy has with Nat Nat and Earl has with Landon. And, and, you know, you have that bond with your child or you have that bond with your parent or, or with your, uh, your spouse. He wants that kind of relationship with you so that, you know, you're not just every once in a while rub the bottle, get it out, rub the bottle, make your request, go about your day. He wants to have an intimate, more passionate relationship with you um, so he says, call him Father. He likes to be called Father. He loves it. The second thing he says is hallowed. Well, he don't say hallowed in what we just read, but most scripture says hallowed be your name. And, uh, and I like the word hallowed. It means basically, you know, just to make your name holy, but you're, only your heart can hallow. Only your heart can, can really love and, and just uh, and just uh, you know cherish so only the heart can truly hallow um, so we we hallow his name and, and what God what Jesus is saying here just spend some time talking about his many awesome names that he has just you know you are my rock you're my strength my fortress my deliverer you are my shield you are my strong tower you are everything to me God and just spend time in your prayer just take a few seconds and just say how awesome he is and just how great it is that you can serve a God who is so amazing. He's saying just take some time. Just take a few seconds there and just just really let him know how much you're thinking about him. Because, you know, in, when you're in a relationship or anything, the best text you ever get is a text that says, hey, just thinking about you. You know, I was just thinking about you. Just want to let you know I love you, whatever. He wants to know that. God wants that relationship with you. And so anytime that we get an opportunity to just be like, hey, I was thinking about you, God. I just wanted to let you know I love you. I just, I, you know, I'm going to talk to you here in a little bit. We're going to read or whatever. I just, I love you, and I'm just so thankful that you're my God. And just be in a passionate, you know, relationship with God, not just, you know, a, a, an on-again, off-again genie kind of situation. And so that's what I love about my God is he wants that with me. And when I realize that and I start to get closer and move in, then things start to really open up, and my prayer life starts to really change. I didn't meet Albie's grandma, great great or great grandma, right, Gracie. I didn't get to meet her, um, but she tells me lots of stories about Grandma Gracie. If you ever get to talk to Albie, she, chances are she's going to tell you a story about her grandma Gracie, just because she has such a huge impact on her life, and and through Albie, she's had a huge impact on my life as well. And 
and just hearing their stories and the things that she does and things that she did. And, and it was really cool because me and Abby were driving back from work one night, and we were coming through Portsmouth, and we were stopped at a red light, and she was telling me about her grandma, Gracie, and we were talking about praying because she said every morning she would get up and she would pray, and every night when Abby would be laying in bed, she could hear her grandma, Gracie, like really going at it, praying in her room. And, and, um, and her grandma, Gracie, had told her, you know, you should take just one prayer out of the day where you're not asking for anything. You should take at least just one of your prayers out of the day and just make it nothing but worship to God and just thanking him for everything that he's doing. And, and when she said that, I was like, man, I never really even thought of that. Like, I don't know that I'd ever done that, literally just taken one prayer and just nothing but praise and not ask for a single thing. It's hard to do. Try it. It's hard to do. Just not asking for anything because there, even when you do it, you at the end you're kind of like, oh, and uh, touch my family. And <laughs> like you want to really quickly, you want to put in a real quick request, but just take that one prayer and just do nothing but praise God. And it's really cool. Once you start doing that, it really just gives you a whole new, uh, a rounded prayer life that you can have that doesn't just become simply asking requests. And, and there's nothing wrong with asking. Don't, don't, don't think I'm telling you that it's bad to be asking God for things. Jesus said to ask. So it's not wrong. I'm just saying Jesus wants us to have a more well-rounded prayer life to where we're not only asking, we're also praising, we're also worshiping. And through the next three weeks, we're going to talk about other facets of the prayer. And we're going to go through each and every single one of the verses in the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to really dig deep into it. But it's so awesome. If you, if you can't think of anything to, to say to God, go pick out a psalm. You're, you can go to the book of Psalms, and you can literally memorize that verse, or you can just read it and pray that psalm. It's so awesome. I love to just do that anyway. I like to turn on some worship music and just pray a psalm. Because, man, you can, you can get more done with saying what's in the Bible, just preaching that to your heart and just saying it to yourself and, and getting strengthening your mind and your heart for what's going on around you or just praising God, man, that is true worship when you are just getting at it, going at it. Memorize the psalm, it's the easiest way, I believe, but usually, you know, we all have something to be thankful for, so it's not too hard to, to come up with something. Sorry. This week, um, I, I told you I'd worked on my sermon here. I'm going to tell on you, Albie. Is that okay? Is that okay? She said it's okay. She didn't. But anyway, I worked on my sermon. I had it all you know, printed out. It was beautiful, right? I had two pages. I had all my points. You know, that's how I like to do things. I like to be organized. That way, when I get up here, I don't have to be super nervous about being up here. And uh, But Albie, I, I, luckily... <laughs> I sent her a picture of it after I finished it. I was like, hey, sh finished it, you know, sent it to her. She was like, good job. I get home that night, I put it on the bed for a second, and then I go for my walk, and, I, and she brought it with her to Kentucky Heights. Brought it with her, we haven't seen it since. Okay, she lost my <laughs> sermon notes, <laughs> all right? So I was like, yesterday, whenever I was getting ready to go to the church and do, do some finishing touches and things like that, I went into full-blown frantic panic mode and was looking for my sermon. I was like, I don't know where it's at, you know, like so. But thank God I took a picture. Oh my goodness! But that's why it's so hard to kind of see. Um, and I and I do I apologize, but Albie, shamey, shamey, my goodness. 
Love you. All right, so um, <laughs> just a real quick recap here, what we've talked about. And in the next few weeks, we are going to go through all this. But how quickly it is that we forget to just, in our prayer life, to take a few seconds in the beginning and just say, hey, you know, call him Father because he loves to be called Father. How quickly that we do forget to just simply um, just praise him and worship him and just give him the praise and, and worship that he really truly deserves. You know, praise and worship ain't just a Sunday morning thing, you know. It's an all-day, every day, all week, 24-7. I mean, it's all day. You need to be praising in, with your lifestyle, with your actions. You don't necessarily have to be walking down the street, you know, like, <laughs> you know, people think you're weird. You probably run into something. But, you know, in your heart, with your actions, how you're being with other people, how you're communicating, what are you saying? Everything that you say conveys a message to God. Everything that you do conveys a message to God. So just constantly know that when you're doing whatever you're doing, whenever you're doing it, you are constantly conveying a message. And, and let that message be a message of praise and worship. Greg, if you'll come and play guitar just for a second. If you guys will stand with me, we'll go ahead and... came across something really, really neat this week when I was uh, doing my study, and, and um, it was pretty neat. It, whenever you think about calling God Father, I, I immediately go to Romans 8, 15 and 16, where um, Paul says that we are adopted by God. Actually, it says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received this God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And I was like, man, that is so awesome. So I started to look into that verse and, and what that really meant. And I found that in Roman law, back in the Romans, because he's Paul wrote to the Romans here. And in Roman law, if you had a child and that child was running around church and you wanted to disown him, that was absolutely okay in Roman law. That's perfect. It's legal. However, if someone was to adopt the kid, they loved him, they wanted to take him in, they adopt the child. In Roman law, if you adopt a child, you can never, ever, ever disown that child. And when I learned that, I found it so cool that Paul would use the word adopted. Instead of saying any other word that he could have used, he used that word adopted as children of God. Knowing that once we accept Jesus and once we are, are his children, we can never not be his children. It's so beautiful that he chose those adopted words. There's only two ways to be born into a family. One, you can, well, there's only two ways you can be into a family. There's one, you can be born into it. And the other, you can be adopted into it. And Jesus does both of those for you. It's called being born again. And then he adopts you through Jesus Christ as, our, as his children. And it's so awesome. And God wants to do that for you. And, and, I, and I want that for you. And I want you guys to have an awesome prayer life. A prayer life that is not just simply a, a request and, and 
just not simply a praise or not just simply one thing. I want it to be so well-rounded that you can hit every single avenue that Jesus outlines for us. And, and, and I know that every day you can't do it. I mean, I know that every prayer you can't do it. That's what I meant to say. Every prayer is, you know, sometimes you have to rush through one or two. And, but just take your time and know that Jesus loves you and just love him and just praise him. And I'm going to pray for you guys really quickly, and then we'll go ahead and, and, and dismiss. Father God, I thank you for everything that you're doing here at Bethesda. Father, for these many people that have showed up, God, the Bethesda people are the best people. Father, I'm so grateful for them. And I'm so grateful for you and how awesome that you are and what you've done here, building this place and, and, and allow us to have a second campus and be two churches, you know, well, one church with two locations, sorry. Father, I just thank you so much for everything that you've given us here. And Father, I just ask that you go with these people this week, that you would build them up, that you would allow them to have a more well-rounded prayer life, something that they could go back and, and not just make a request, but simply just have one prayer where it's nothing but just praise and worship to your holy name, God, because you are worthy of that. And allow them to know that you are worthy of that. I thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you will do, all that you're making me, all that you're making this place. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.